Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Ullman and Jack Caliber. The ULC envisions a future in which all congregations fully equip the priesthood of all believers through world-class leadership development at the local level. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Happy day. Welcome to Lead Time and serving as dual purpose, a, a town hall, a virtual town hall with our friends at La Mesa. Jack, uh, you and I, you've been connected to Christ Greenfield for so, so long. Uh, the way I like to tell the story of, of La Mesa, it was a new thing that got us up and out. God wanted to do a new thing. If you want to reach new people with the gospel, a lot of times new things are needed. And La Mesa was the right thing at the right time for the Holy Spirit to move this congregation up and outside of our own anxious spots uh, to serve and to learn from and love and be loved by the least and the lost, the lonely, the hurting, the marginalized. This, this story is so crucial really to even the Unite Leadership Collective journey, Jack, I don't think we would even be on this journey apart from the leadership lessons we learned with this amazing group of people who lead voluntarily sacrificial <laughs> servants in uh, Jeff, Rick, and Lori. Anything to add, though, Jack, as as way of set up to this conversation to tell the La Mesa story? No, I think it's just a great example of... Um what churches, what ministries can do uh, to think outside of themselves, to think outside just the walls that you have of your own property. Uh, what does it mean to be a church that multiplies churches, a ministry that multiplies ministries, um, uh, a ministry that's willing to be bold and spin things off or create a greater umbrella of ministries uh, to reach to reach a community in ways that you don't normally get to reach? And that's something Amen. that churches have to think about is um, – and all you do is run worship on Sunday in a neighborhood and you're basically saying we are here to hit a certain demographic. And as long as that's all you want to do is just hit this one demographic with worship. Um, okay. That's fine. But the great commission is greater than that. There's a, there's a wider focus when you say, go make disciples of all nations, right? All, if you're just hitting a certain demographic in a community, right? Um, that is, an expression of the Great Commission, but we ought to be, we ought to have permission as a ministry to think of the Great Commission in a much, much broader sense and actually have that as a source of inspiration for the church. And so Absolutely. it's important that the church is a community that's on fire and on mission for people that are not in the church. And La Mesa has been a great story of how Christ Greenfield has been able to do that. That is why we exist, Jack and Jeff and Rick and Lori. Uh, we, the church, um, the mission has a church, not the other way around. The church with a mission, like the Missio Dei, is the clarion call for us as the people of God. Um, and God wants to. What's his What's his kingdom goal? To get all of his kids back, right, and to make everything mm -hmm. that's wrong right again, which will be complete at the eschaton of the last day when Christ returns. Until then, we get to be about bringing the fulfillment of the crucified and risen and reigning Jesus to people who are hurt and and suffering in need of the gospel. It's not just about meeting felt needs; it's getting them through felt needs uh, to hear the the greatest need of all time, our spiritual need. For, for Christ. If you happen to be in our audience too, and you want to leave any kind of chats, uh, chat questions as we move into the conversation today, uh, please feel free to do so. First question though, we gave a little bit of our very high level um, understanding of what La Mesa 
means to us, has meant to us over the last decade or so. But Lori McClellan, one of the greatest storytellers I have ever met, um, kingdom storytellers I've ever met. Uh, Sister, you've been a part of this story for the last uh, 10 years. Tell us the origin story of La Mesa. Well, whenever I get the opportunity, which is usually every Tuesday to talk about La Mesa, it starts with you, Pastor Tim, that uh, we were a broken church, had been broken for a while, and this young whippersnapper came in and said, uh, y'all need to get out of yourselves. And for me, that was the biggest gift you could have given me for sticking it out in a broken church waiting for that gift. So that's mm. that's how I always start the La Mesa story. Well, you're very kind, and I, I will receive the compliment and <laughs> deflect it to the Holy Spirit and to the spirit that was alive here in this congregation just waiting to be to be released, uh, to dream new dreams, to reach new people by starting new ministries. So praise, praise God. I hope in that story, going back 10 years, I don't know how self-aware I was in those days. I knew I, I had a lot of fire and I hope I wasn't a jerk. I'm just going to be honest. I hope, <laughs> I hope I was kind enough and also uh, courageous uh, enough. My wife, sometimes she says, Tim, you can be a little harsh. You can be a little uh, overly frank. So anyway, sometimes that's that's needed, but I hope it wasn't too much, Lori. Thanks for going on the journey. Uh, tell us kind of what compelled you more specifically. To, what is this thing going to look like, this new thing that we're going to start? Uh, the Holy Spirit really just encouraged me to let him guide La Mesa and to be open to what he wanted there, not what we wanted there. And it really, it really has been God's mission um, because we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea how to help. Um, so it was just the surrendering to the Holy Spirit and trusting in your fellow leaders um, that God was communicating with them as well. Um, the nice thing about our team is we do not all share the same gifts. Our gifts are very different, yet all work so well together. Yeah. So we went through five, two, uh, shout out to Bill Woolsey and the five, two crew. What did we, what did we learn, uh, with five, two going back now about nine years, uh, to launch, launch this thing, um, under pastor Jake's too. got to give pastor Jake, uh, Bestley and a shout out too. He was instrumental in kind of catalyzing, uh, the three of you and the, the wider team. So tell us what we dreamed about at five, two and what it has evolved into today. So we were going to bring up 5-2 because that's where in that two-year incubator program, we were taught how to be sustainable, how to continue to serve our customer, how to build partnerships, how to fundraise, how to be accountable. 5-2 um, really did give us the tools that we had to build a nonprofit ministry that I don't think we could have gotten anywhere else. And the things that are on our boards that we did at 5-2 have really come to fruition in a lot of ways. Um, we dreamed of a resource center and then the Holy Spirit moved upon uh, First Christian and they said, do you guys need some space? Um, and the resource center was born shortly after 5-2 and the dream to to have Eden Village 
really goes back to the blueprint business plan. Who's your customer? Who's your funders? Who do you ask? How do you ask? All goes back to the 5-2 training that we all received during those two years. I think it's fundamental to the success of La Mesa because we don't take church leadership's time to build this ministry. It, it It's being built um, by volunteers and just a lot of people are joining in God's purpose for La Mesa. It's, it's so amazing what the Lord has done. I just marvel because when I get the blessing to go and I'll be able to go more now that football season is over, I, I just, you just show up and there's just a well-oiled machine of serve team members and leaders in various areas of, so leadership development has been a major component of, of our growth at La Mesa as well. And I just praise Jesus for it. A lot of people would know La Mesa by, okay, it's a meal and worship Tuesday night. Now maybe Thursday night in Tempe. Uh, that's inclusive of, but not exclusively for the working poor and homeless. I think, you know, I, and we have shared that many times, but Rick, what do people maybe not know about La Mesa as a LLC? Well, first off, La Mesa LLC is Tuesday and Thursday. The Mesa LLC is owned by Christ Greenfield. Um, and that's what we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have a meal and we have a worship service. And that's where, um, that's where it all begins and how everything has to tie together. However, we had to create another 501c3 in order to expand and get uh, grants and get funding and get people to come on board versus the LLC. And we created John 1334 Ministries and we have the DBA as La Mesa Ministries under that 501c3. And under that, um, that's where we operate the resource center and at the resource center our goal is to help people who are ready to get off the streets and make a change we help them with housing with shelter uh, with employment they might need an id a social security card a birth certificate uh, they may need assistance with some of our social service or some of the the local government social services like food stamps and uh, uh, their health care will help them get that taken care of. Uh, we even will uh, take people to their doctor's appointments and show up in court for individuals that are dealing with uh, misdemeanors and or felonies and uh, try to try to help them uh, move past that. Uh, we also under John 1334 is we have a mobile loads food truck. The mobile loads food truck goes out into the community on Monday and we go to the encampments, we go to the bridges, we go to the parking lots and we find those who are on the streets and we invite them to come to the foundation of this ministry, which is La Mesa. Come and have a meal, come in here uh, and see and witness Jesus. Uh, on campus with us and, and, and let's be let's get to know one another and then of course um, our newest and latest venture is also under the John 1334 
is uh, Eden Village, and we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, what La Mesa gets to be, Rick. What La Mesa gets to be is family for those who don't have family. Um, the family metaphor at Christ Greenfield, we call ourselves a family of ministries. And uh, there's multiple ways that we talk about talk about ourselves that way, kind of all under under the family, multiple different different labels um, and even kind of governance structures that are there. But but we're in the family. And, and why does poverty exist? Right. It's because of the breakdown of, of the nuclear family and the church gets to step into that gap. It's an amazing calling. Jack, anything to add to that? And then talk about even the governance of, of how La Mesa operates. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a creative legal structure. It may take a little, you know, somebody wanted to just look at it from the outside. It may take a few minutes to actually understand what's going on there. But uh, Rick did a great job understanding that there's parallel entities that are going on. And so the LLC is formed, because we wanted an entity that we would say is most definitely a church. And that's exactly what you experience when you go to Tuesday or Thursday um, events that we have in the evenings. It is a church for uh, a community of people that would not normally come to church. Although some of them have started coming to church uh, here at Christ Greenfield on Sunday, and it's wonderful to have them, but um, they wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable coming here. We've created an environment. I would say they've created an environment where, um, poor working homeless uh, people are able to build a community. They're able to come and experience community, start to build a family. And it's, it's a safe environment for them. They experience a meal, they experience hospitality, and they get an opportunity to have word and sacrament worship. And that is, that is the core of it. It is a church. Um, these people, to the extent that they're comfortable, are able to participate in that. We have people in the community uh, that are participating in the liturgy, get a chance to do the readings and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, lead Bible studies if they're able. So it's, it's, it's their church community um, that they get to, to be blessed by, you know, in that family of believers. La Mesa Ministries differentiates itself. We're not calling La Mesa Mesa Ministries, the, the John 13, 34 Corporation. We're not calling that a church. It's a religious nonprofit. So it's a nonprofit with a, with a, you know, founded under Christian values um, to, to provide additional types of care um, that are above and beyond what we would just normally call church work, which is sharing the gospel. And the whole purpose of that then is to create an entity that maybe businesses feel more comfortable giving money to, as Rick Rick said before, all of a sudden that's uh, an entity that, um, you know, maybe a home builder would feel comfortable giving a grant, but maybe they've got a policy saying they don't support churches. Well, great. It's not a church. It's a nonprofit. You can support that. And there's a parallel mission that exists between the two, a shared brand that exists between the two, and there's a shared governance structure that exists between the two. So in both cases, the LLC and and, uh, the corporation, um, the LLC has a board of managers, the LLC has a board of directors. It's the same people filling both roles. I happen to be kind of serving in a chairman type role for both of those entities right now. And in in both cases, um, the owner of those entities is Christ Greenfield. So it's the member slash owner of both entities. And in theory, if needed, uh, Christ Greenfield can, um, can appoint or remove actually the, uh, the, the corporation can appoint its own board members, but it's subject to the approval of, of the owning entity, which is the church. So there's always kind of a veto authority that exists there. So it has the ability to, 
exercise boundaries as needed based on the people who are serving in both entities and make sure that there's always alignment um, with the visions and values of Christ Greenfield as he thinks about this broad family of ministries. As I think about who we've evolved to be, it's a very creative governance structure (laughs) or arrangement. Um, (laughs) Well, and and it ties to our governance structure too, which is, yeah, which has been a game changer for us because it allows us the flexibility to do that while also having this very robust uh, reporting structure and these robust boundaries in place. So flexible, yeah. but high, high trust, high accountability, all tied into there. Um, well, and I mean, we nimble. got a lot of, it is nimble and we've got a lot yep. of uh, metrics ends goals that we have to hit as a congregation. Yep. And in partnership with La Mesa, we're reaching yep. a lot of these different people groups as we're accountable, not just to care for members, but to spread the gospel to surrounding neighborhoods and into, into the world. Isn't that right, Jack? And we, there we is, get to tell and, and the metrics of life transformation. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we get the benefit <laughs> as Christ Greenfield when we think about how are we reaching different communities in the neighborhood and, you know, surrounding communities. This is, becomes a way that we show that we satisfy our governance requirement of our ends to do that. Um, and there's also a roll up of sorts of accountability. So when we do our financial annual financial audit, audits, then um, subsidiaries like La Mesa and John 1334, they roll up and they become part of our consolidated financials. And so ultimately, the governance of the church does have to impact the governance of, of these subsidiary entities, which I think are a very good thing because the governance is designed for long-term sustainable health. And yep. so sometimes there's a learning curve. Uh, there's been a bit of a learning curve we can talk about as, as we think about trying to purchase property and who gets to say yes and no to that. Uh, that required like talking to some consultants and figuring out oh, which, which set of bylaws is the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, do we have to, you know, and, yeah. but we were able to work that out and move very quickly on these things. Yes. Yeah, so good. Jeff Nedry, what, what else to add regarding La Mesa as it is today? What makes you the most proud about La Mesa and anything else to bring clarity to, to the governance conversation, Jeff? Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you look back 10 years ago, and it was actually 10 years ago in January of 2014, when the concept uh, came out. Um, and to your credit, Pastor Tim, um, yeah, you spurred us on, but then you got out of the way. And I think one of the awesome things about this ministry is that, um, I think Lori mentioned it, is, you know, it was church inspired and Holy Spirit inspired, but mostly lay letter leader driven, which um, was great. And so if you look back 10 years ago, none of us had any idea how to do like a homeless or working poor outreach. So we started off in a Bible study, reading a book called When Helping Hurts on Friday mornings. And, you know, I was trying to understand who we were talking to and, and, and going to outreach to. And then watching it just change and grow and evolve as we learn things. Because, you know, for that first nine months, we did a lot of guerrilla marketing research. You know, we were going to other soup kitchens and, and ministries just to see how they were, but we didn't talk to them as much as we did talking to the people. And boy, listening to those people and saying, hey, you know what, here's what we like about this, but here's what we don't like. And here's how this makes us feel really shaped the ministry. So when you use the family metaphor, that's exactly right. When you come to La Mesa, uh, no matter what your past is, we're going to love you. And, you know, we're not going to judge you. Families have fights. We know that families are messy and we still love one another. And I think, you know, that thread um, and the thread of it's all about Jesus has just consistently uh, led that ministry. 
And I think that's the coolest part. Um, and just watching really um, everybody, uh, you mentioned raising up leaders. Boy, we have had and still do have um, some amazing folks just step up and be willing to be a part of the ministry and then, uh, you know, lead the ministry. Uh, and it's just, I think it's just amazing how whenever we don't know where we're going and we just trust where Jesus is going to take us, uh, he brings the right people in and we start going down another path. And it's just been, you know, when you ask me, you know, what am I most proud of? It's all the folks involved. I mean, there are community people who just lead their portion, whatever their role is, they own it and lead it. And uh, we are quick to just give that up. If you want to be a part of it and lead something, just say the word. Or if we notice that and ask you, um, people are great about either stepping up or stepping back. And I think both of those have their value. And just watching the growth of not only the ministry, but just the people who have both attended and been involved and led in that ministry, I think is just uh, a tribute to um, what you talk about a lot, where uh, the church has the people. You just got to put them out there and put them in the right role. And I think a lot of uh, the leadership in La Mesa has blossomed just because um, the church is there to support us, but uh, not... Um, overseeing it so much, you know, and letting the the lay folks just run with it. And so you mentioned it being like a well-oiled machine. And boy, that's just because the people who are there love what they're doing and they're empowered to do it. And, you know, we have like maybe one or two hard rules at La Mesa, everything else is a guideline. And so if as a server there, you see an opportunity to show some love and we don't have a, a specific rule or guideline, lead with love and we'll figure it out. And that's what people do. And that's my favorite part. I think longer answer, maybe than you even thought I got, I got to add to this. What, one of the things I've been so proud of to watch with La Mesa is how they've replicated themselves in multiple locations now. So they, they were originally a single location Tuesday nights. Now it's two locations, Tuesdays and Thursdays, replicating itself, replicating its brand, replicating its community experience in two different locations. So now in Mesa and now in Tempe, uh, with all of that infrastructure in place, being able to replicate that is so cool. And that you've, you guys have really taken seriously the idea of what does it mean to build, you know, multiple teams to be able to replicate teams and create a sustainable replicable model. And I think one of the things I'm really excited about is the future when we think about Christ Greenfield's 20 and 20 vision that there would be multiple, perhaps a, a dozen or a half a dozen La Mesas throughout uh, the East Valley and maybe even broader than the East Valley as we can continue to partner either with more Christ Greenfield campuses or more uh, more other churches that would be willing to sponsor that. Yeah, Jeff, I mean, you guys were a part of our accelerator a year and a half ago or so. And, and that kind of, I think, set the groundwork for the three of you to say, you know, we got enough we have enough serve team members here and, and enough leadership infrastructure to actually launch something new. And he, here's a beautiful thing, too. For those of you who don't know, like scale, La Mesa launched out of a worshiping community of about 60 feeding about 150 people. So sometimes churches may say, unless we're big, 
we can't we can't launch. No, no, you can't launch if you don't have a leadership development culture, if you don't have structure set up to replicate yourself, to allow people to step on and off the right bus, to go onto a new bus, to launch something new. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's in some in some respects, if you're a smaller community, it's easier to cast that vision with a smaller group of people who are all like super, super geeked out on fire for serving in this space and then dreaming, man, we could go reach a, a different uh, a part of our city with with the gospel. I mean, this is very, very inspiring. So Jeff, talk about the future vision of La Mesa and even go off a little bit more on the necessity of kind of casting that leadership development vision. Yeah. So Jack alluded to it. Our goal is five La Mesa locations over probably the next five years. Um, you know, the first one's the toughest. We had to learn a lot and spend a lot of time learning that. And then um, probably launched the second one over at Tempe, uh, partnering with uh, Sister Congregation Beautiful Savior. Uh, they've been awesome to partner with. Uh, it's been um, now that we've, you know, kind of Jack mentioned, we've got a lot of processes and a replicatable model. The way we see it, about 80% of La Mesa is duplicatable. And you take that wherever location you go. That other 20%, it's going to differ based on the environment and the location. So um, there's a lot of, like, for example, there's a lot of similarities between Tuesdays and Thursday nights. But then there's also some unique differences based on um, the setting, the amount, the community is a little bit different there, too. And just being able to have that um, ability to adapt to those changes and still keep the heart and consistency of La Mesa is a very cool thing. So as we look to um, do the next, you know, three more of these over the next few years, uh, I won't say it gets easier and easier, but now um, the logistics of it are easier and easier because we've got, you know, some process stuff. And so just some, now we've learned the lay of the land. Now it's just about identifying the players. So to be honest with you, we went into Tempe before we were ready. And I think uh, that's the whole La Mesa story. We don't wait until we're fully prepared. We just trust that God's going to be with us and he put it on our hearts for a reason. So we'll go do it and he'll be with us and help us through it and we'll figure it out. And so, ah. um, you know, we see that in Tempe, which, you know, because there were some folks that said, oh, maybe you should wait. We're like, hey, we don't think so. We're going to try. So, um, and then, you know, found uh, a great partner with the Beautiful Savior folks. And to your point about the smaller churches, they are a smaller church, but they are all in. Okay. We're we're doing ministry together, which is a beautiful thing. And one of the cool things about La Mesa is there's multi-faiths involved. Uh, It's not just um, an LCMS type thing that we're doing. Uh, We've got uh, a lot of different uh, religions and other groups that love to be a part of it. And, you know, any way we can expose more people to Jesus through uh, word and service, we love it. So, yeah. So just to clarify, we have people of different faiths coming in, getting to experience a Lutheran worship service, which we celebrate. It is, it is. And we get to uh, talk about the Lord. My, my heart started to smile when you just dropped the 80, 20 rule. If people don't know, 
He just yeah. he just very casually dropped the 80-20 rule. Like train people with 80 percent <laughs> is good enough, and then 20% is what we're gonna figure out in in context in our respective uh, locale. So praise praise God, Jeff, for your leadership and uh your your courage to to go before here's the thing too. Like you're never it, it's never perfect. Like we're we're pursuing this ideal, which is only found in Christ. He's our ideal. He's already so launch, try, try, fall. I mean, all of that, all of that is so so important for a culture that is um, on mission to reach the. I don't exactly know what it's going to take. Only only God knows. He just asks us to be faithful uh, with what He's put on our hearts. Like we want to control. We're trying. If you get right down to it, Jack. I mean, what we're trying to do is be God. I want to know all the details. Right. Let me let me dot every I, cross every T, and and tell me how it. No, no, no. Just trust yeah. him. Just go. Absolutely. Yeah. And leader, if you have influence to ca- cast vision, release people, and you have Jeff, Rick, and Lori's in your congregation waiting, just waiting. Could could the Lord have something, Rick? I'm coming to you now. In my story, that has been on the back burner now for a while. And could it? Could someone just tell me, with leadership influence? Let, let's try it. Let's try it. Rick, you you and I, our, our uh, barbecue lunch, I'll never forget. I'd been here about a month and you had you had a dream about a, a diner that welcomes those that are recently uh, experiencing incarceration. And and I shared a little bit of the table that I was coming out of. And then we're like, well, there's this new young vicar here that may have some energy to partner to get it done. And and we just we just tried it. Say, hey, what permission was given. And and you've now moved into this executive director role and you've got some big plans, not just future La Mesa's. But tell us about Eden Village, Rick. And what do you remember about that lunch? That was so much fun, right? Yeah, it was um it was about a restaurant, Fraser's, and it was going to be um, operated by graduates of Team Challenge, uh, men and women that had recovered from their addiction and were transformed uh, through the love of Jesus uh, to now serve him. And that was going to be the focus. When we first came out of 5-2, that was one of the things we were focused on, and we finally decided we, we, we can't focus on two things. We needed, we needed to focus on Mamesa, one thing, and, and that's where God led us. And we were, were willing to follow his lead and not force our hand, but his. And in Eden Village, I want to be perfectly clear. And if I get a little uh, soft here, it's just because I'm an old man, but... Um, this is God's project. God put this on my heart, but he also put it on the heart of some people out of Missouri. And they created uh, Eden Village uh, with an older couple way back in 2016. And they created an Eden Village in Springfield, Missouri. They now have two completed uh, Eden Villages. Now, before I go on too much further, Eden Village is for the chronically homeless disabled. Uh, one of the toughest, toughest groups of people to house. But Eden Village 
uh, has now expanded into 11 states and 13 cities of which we are now one of their cities that we're expanding. And we signed a licensing agreement with them so that we didn't have to do this uh, and recreate the wheel. They've already created a successful and sustainable community for our brothers and sisters. And the very first sign that we put up on a project when it gets developed is hashtag God's project. If God doesn't want this to happen, it won't happen. But if God does want this to happen, it's going to happen. And I'm getting on the train and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to follow his lead. You know, we've been seeing God reveal himself during this whole process. It just, it almost is freaky to say, wow, I can't believe this is happening. But we have, we've been working on this for a couple of years now. And, and you know, through La Mesa, I mean, we love these people. You know, we serve them, we worship with them, we feed them. Um, we got to do more. They have, you know, they would come and do projects with us, paint houses and whatever. And when we're done, they push their cart down the road and, and find a dumpster to go to bed. We, we got to help them get some houses. Housing is a major, major problem all across the country. There's such a shortage of housing. It, it's, it, and, then, and then these type of people, they don't have any income. They can't even afford a place to live. I mean, the average single one bedroom apartment is thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars Their income, if they're lucky, is a thousand. So we have currently, after a year's worth, if not more, searching, we've located a piece of property in Mesa. It's an acre and a half. It's on Alma School between Maine and University on the east side of the road. And we're going to be putting in 21 tiny houses. We're going to be putting in a community garden, a community center slash clubhouse. We're going to have um, a dog run, barbecues. We are creating a neighborhood where we can have neighbors. I mean, this is just, and, it, and it's all going to, it's a faith-based, it's, I mean, we'll do church services out of that community center. We'll do Bible studies. We'll do whatever. I mean, the other structure that we're going to be putting in the center of the garden are the three crosses that has gone before us here in Mesa and in Tempe. Each one of those campuses had three crosses. And that's not by accident. Um, it's just almost something that's just incredible. And uh, well, we're... Yes, I, you can tell I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going over the top with excitement here. But Well, yeah, man, I, I hadn't even heard. I hadn't even heard that we located a piece of property. Um, is this a done deal? Is, or are we, where are we at in the process? Well, you know, we, we need some money to buy it. And I okay. found out that God has the money. And he's going to provide it. I am walking... 100% on faith that God is going to provide. So I can tell, I can tell everybody that this is indeed God's project. I didn't have a million dollars. I didn't have five million dollars. I don't have the wherewithal, but God does. And when he shows up, he's showing up big. And people are going to know 
and they're going to want to serve and they're going to want to be involved and they're going to want to see this is just the first of many that they're going to want to be involved with because they're going to know God's behind it. So if someone wants to write a check, how much do we need, Rick? Well, um, that's a good question. We last, uh, last count I had, we are needing another $620,000 of which we might have some commitment on that already just to close on the property where we've got some, uh, I don't know if Jack wants to re-explain it, but we've done some creativity on how to purchase this um, with those that want to see it happen. I mean, we have, I don't know if every, anybody's heard of Blandford Homes, but Blandford Homes is all in. They, they want this to happen. And they've helped us with a zoning attorney. They've helped us with some big donations. They want to build the houses. Uh, this is incredible. I mean, Lori just got a donation the other day for all the pavers. Phoenix Pavers says, you got any pavers? We're bringing them to you. Um, we've, got, wow. we've got three members of Christ Greenfield that are totally involved with this. We have an architect who's a member of Christ Greenfield. We have a civil engineer that's a member of Christ Greenfield. We have a landscape architect that's a member. I mean, this is the church is hearing and seeing the direction that God's pointing us in, and they're willing to give their time and their money to make this happen. And uh, it's uh, it's just amazing how God's revealing himself. Yes. So, Rick, why don't you share, don't you share the struggles with the city of Mesa and how that has been removed and that technically Mesa has said that you can build what you want to build. Well, yeah, we were we were having some struggles with the city. I mean, they were saying, oh, this is a social service facility. You're going to need to get neighborhood approval and council approval. And they were saying we needed 35 parking spots for an acre and a half. And you're going to need um, uh, fire sprinklers in all the buildings and they're coming up and you got to have 20 feet between buildings. So they were throwing up all kinds of roadblocks. Um, at the end of the day, um, over the Christmas holiday, we got information that they found a way for us to make this community happen. We had a meeting with them before Christmas and when they heard our story, we had our zoning attorney there who they know, they, they know love and hate. Um, and when he was there in our court, um, at the end of the meeting, they said, we hope this is the first of many Eden villages in Mesa. They want to, they're, they're like now finding a way. Don't worry about, don't let parking get in the way. This project is going to happen. Don't worry about the setbacks. We found a way that we can get around those setbacks. They, they want to see this, especially when we're not using any taxpayers dollars to do this this is all privately funded for them to get an additional 21 units of housing and they don't have to deal with it and they don't have to spend any taxpayer dollars they're loving it hmm. jack what else to add no i've just been very impressed to see the generosity that's stepped forward here we've had uh, multiple i'll use the word multiple six-figure commitments uh, towards this project already 
Um, there's already money for a down payment. And uh, what Rick is talking about, uh, would you say is, is roughly uh, secured? Roughly half of the purchase price of the property. Is that correct, Rick? Yes. Yeah. So that's how far we've come along. It's been uh, amazing. I've been blown away with how fast people have been responding. And uh, I just know that uh, more, more will be coming soon. So it's really Amen. cool to see uh, the outpouring of generosity towards this. You know, uh, resources, one, you're exactly right, Rick. The Lord owns it all. And so we're not worried. But resources follow vision, vision toward caring for the hurting and the suffering around felt needs and the biggest felt need being a need for the gospel. Uh, so leader, if you're, if you're struggling with dreaming big dreams, um, because you're just, what happens if it fails? I, Jack, I've heard this so many times. Like I, we can't do that. We've tried that. We've done like, this is the time for entrepreneurial gifts within the church to just come alive uh, for you and, and for the Pentecost reality acts to reality. Your old men will dream new dreams. Young men will, will dream, you know, and Rick, you're not an old man, but you do. You got a lot more years on you, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. But you are dreaming some new dreams right now uh, to reach people with the gospel. And it's humbling. It really is humbling to hear the story and to fan into flame what the Lord, Lord is doing. Jack, anything to add on that before we send it to Lori for the last question? No, it's just been cool to, you know, be journeying along with this group of really dedicated servants and just to see how God has been working actively on that. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, this being one of many projects, as Rick has said before. And, you know, uh, I want to just kind of put my, you know, tip my hat towards the work that's been done by the La Mesa team that it's, it's, you know, if anybody has any questions about the speed by which they're moving, just know that they're, they are actually, as they're casting great vision, they're also being extremely diligent in their work and making sure that we're doing things in a responsible and sustainable way. So uh, I just wanted to give that assurance to folks. That's, that's it. That's it. So Lori, yeah. what's La Mesa's greatest need if people want to serve? Well, that's just such a great question. Um, first, I would like to invite everybody to come experience La Mesa once. It's really hard to explain what God's doing until you step on campus and you see love between such different people. So I would invite everybody to come at least once to La Mesa, Tuesday night, Thursday night, We'll give you a tour. We'll give you an explanation. We'll get you plugged in. Um, on any given in Tuesday and Thursday, we need we need um, cook teams. We've got very loyal cook teams, but they've been cooking for years. So if you would like to sponsor a pizza night and give the kitchen staff, the cook teams, a night off, that would really help. If your Bible study or your family would like to learn how to become a cook team, that would really help. Um, You could always continue to donate your clothes. We go through, in a week, probably 200, at least, men's shirts a week. So when we say we need men's clothes, we need men's pants, shoes, shirts, uh, ladies' clothes. We get a lot of ladies' clothes. We always take ladies' clothes but we're always in need of men's shirts, shoes, belts, hats, 
um, hygiene items. I encourage everybody that tours or goes on vacation to grab the, the shampoos, the lotions, the conditioners, because uh, that's the perfect size for La Mesa. If you see men's or women's underwear on sale, can you imagine being homeless, especially as a woman, and not having undergarments? Um, we do get donations of used bras, but other than that, we rely upon the community to donate underwear for the community. Um, when you hear their stories about what it's like on the street, we also give them toilet paper, paper towels, um, because living on the street is just not easy. Jackets, tarps, this time of year is getting really cold if you have blankets, um, gloves, hats, those types of things. It's easy to drop it off at the church. You can drop it off on Rick and I's patio. You can bring it to Tuesday night. You can bring it to Thursday night. Um, if you'd like to play music, sing, we could absolutely use you. If you want to lead a Bible study, we could absolutely use you. If you would like to take the food truck out, imagine this food truck sits six out of seven days a week. The reason why it sits is we don't have enough people to make sandwiches on a different day. We have a fabulous sandwich team that makes sandwiches on Sunday for the food truck to go out on Monday. But for the food truck to go out on Tuesday, somebody would need to make the sandwiches on Monday. That would be a great way. You could also um, get checked out to be on the insurance and you and your family or you and your Bible study could take the food truck out. So we'd like to utilize that food truck a lot more. The Resource Center has some opportunities where you could even work from home. So if you if someone needs help and they go to info at lamesonministries.org, we would love to have somebody that responds to that quickly. So it's we have somebody that has a cell phone that answers all of La Mesa's phone calls, no matter where she is on vacation. Um, she answers all of our phone calls from wherever she is. But we could definitely use somebody to respond quickly to those emails because the Resource Center sees about 40 customers or clients a month. So they can't always get to those emails. Um, so I know the Resource Center could use help taking people to the doctor, taking them to the Social Security office. You know, there's a lot of little ways to get plugged into La Mesa. We would absolutely love for you to come and maybe shoulder tap for a leadership position, um, be in charge. Like Jeff runs the liturgy for both communities. I'm sure he'd like to shoulder tap someone to help him with that because he's also going through Vicar School and runs a business and is a family man. Um, so there's so many ways. And then if you would like to be on the launch team for La Mesa uh, Ministries, Eden Village of Arizona, we would absolutely love that. We're to the point that we need people to spread the story of what is happening uh, with Eden Village, Arizona. I wanted to share about the community that we serve. Like, it's true, there are urban campers. We have several at both communities that love living on the streets. Their family life is fine. They're in communication with their kids. They just like to not play by the rules. We call them urban campers. Then there's the big percentage in the middle that loss of a job, um, kicked out, broken, divorced, something has gotten them on the street. And it's the love of La Mesa, the Resource Center teaching financial peace, helping with a job, getting them a Planet Fitness membership to get a shower. We can walk those people through the brokenness of homelessness and, and help walk them out. And we've got a great track record for that. 
But LaMesa found that there's that small percentage, the disabled, the severely mentally ill, that we can't hand walk them out. I, we can't get them a job and a Planet Fitness membership, hand them a key to an apartment with a voucher. They will not thrive. The community will reject them and they'll be back in the streets again. And that's the reason why Eden Village is so necessary is within that community, they're accepted with their disabilities, with their, with the things that God's left them with. Um, and that's why Eden Village is so important because on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, we love that community. They love us, but we don't have an option for them until we can build Eden Village. Eden Village is not for every homeless person to have a roof over their head. Eden Villages are for those that society says there's no answer for you. And I've been at an Eden Village community and I've seen the community support one another when they have bipolar and they're schizophrenic and they're, you know, they don't have their legs, they're in a wheelchair. That community needs a home and an advocate. And I'm so proud of Rick for the work that he's done. I'm so excited how God is showing up and showing off. I mean, to have someone knock on your door and give you a check and you open the envelope and it's a hundred thousand dollars. And they say, go make your dream come true. That's God showing up and showing off. So mm. when, when people ask, how can I help La Mesa? Wherever God leads you, let him lead you to La Mesa. Mm. Lori, so powerful. Um, Every person is worthy of love, yeah. the love of Jesus and the love of other people and uh, creating the image of God. Whether they're a follower of Jesus or not, they're going to know they're going to know we're followers of him by the way we love, love one another, um, by the way we care for the hurting and the, the, the lost and to recognize to recognize all of our brokenness, all of our poverty, uh, our, our universal desperate need for Jesus to make us make us rich. And what does rich really mean? It means relationship. It doesn't mean monetary stuff. It really doesn't. Um, that comes and that goes. If you really want to get uh, super theological money, while it has a, a purpose and a function, we don't take it with us. It really is meaningless unless it's stewarded toward the things of God. Um, and so I, there there may be some of you here, you know, your, your net worth could be multiple, multiple millions. Um, is that how you're defining your, your life as significant or could the Lord invite you to define significance in, in sacrificial generosity, uh, giving to the least and the hurting and the lonely, um, a gift that would go far beyond, <laughs> far beyond this life, your life, uh, and, and radically impact eternities because the ripple effect, uh, last thing here, the ripple effect of what La Mesa does, what Eden Village does is it is an active evangelical tool, especially in a secular society where people look at the church and say, they don't, this is just a business, man. These guys, they're just here for your money. They don't, they don't want something for you. They want something from you. You know, I mean, these, these folks are crooked. You can't, you can't look at La Mesa and see anything other than the present. There's no other explanation for the fact that you three and then dozens and hundreds others say, you know what? La Mesa has changed my life. Who, who really has changed your life, Lori? It's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. 
the suffering servant. So that's that's why we that's why we do it, and uh, I think it's an amazing evangelical tool. Uh, anything else to add, Lori, to that? Ah, oh. so when you come to La Mesa, you'll notice that I do a hug line, and uh, every week someone says, "I haven't been hugged in months." It amazes me that a human hasn't been physically touched in months. Um, so for me, mm -hmm. La Mesa brings humanness back to the streets. Like they'll say, don't hug me, I smell. And I say, I'll hold my breath. I don't care that you smell. I'm going to, you know, Jesus wants to hug you. Um, so if you would like to reach out to La Mesa, just go to lamesaministries.org. There you can be connected to Eden Village, Arizona. Um, if you have any questions, just email them. If You can call me. I'll, we'll do lunch. Oh, this has been this has been so much fun, uh, Rick and and Lori and Jeff. Keep dreaming big dreams to reach people with the gospel. And as uh, leaders at the ULC, as well as Christ Greenfield, man, we're we're going to shout from the rooftops what Jesus is doing through you all uh, to be His hands and feet. Jack, any final comments? Yeah, I mean, when <clears throat> this is so deep here, but. Uh, we were talking about earlier today, uh, you know, what is the meaning of life? And the way to answer that is to say what makes life meaningful, to love and worship God, right? To be in community with other people, other believers, and even other non-believers, and to, to let them know that they matter, and then to serve, to have a vocation, to serve, to serve your neighbor, to care for them, to bless them. And La Mesa is just a, such a great expression of all of these three, three things it actually brings the meaning of life to people that wouldn't normally get it. And so I'm just so thankful uh, to see That's this it. journey with La Mesa. Thank you so much. So thanks for listening to our La Mesa Town Hall slash Lead Time podcast. Uh, sharing is caring. Please like, subscribe, comment, wherever it is you're taking conversations like this. And we pray that this brought to light, fanned into flame, some new creative expressions of what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus, uh, the living manifestation of his body, the church, in these dark days. Bring the light of Christ. Uh, Jesus is already there. The mission of God is out in front of you, out there. And the Holy Spirit is inviting you, inviting you into the life, which is truly, truly life. It's a good day. Go and make it a great day. Thanks for hanging with us today on Lead Time. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Jack. God bless. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC's mission is to collaborate with the local church to discover, develop, and deploy leaders through biblical Lutheran doctrine and innovative methods. To partner with us in this gospel message, subscribe to our channel, then go to theuniteleadership.org to create your free login for exclusive material and resources, and then to explore ways in which you can sponsor an episode. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode. The Unite Leadership Collective is excited to announce the launch of our new online learning platform. Whether you're considering entering into ministry or already leading, we have the resources that you need to become an empowered leader in your ministry. Our learning platform will release new courses every quarter with our first available course, 
Becoming an Engaged Leader, available now. But by joining our monthly membership, you'll unlock unlimited access to all of our courses and gain entry into our exclusive coaching community space where ministry leaders can connect with each other. This community also grants you access to bi-weekly coaching calls led by the ULC team, private Zoom calls, and additional team discounts. To celebrate the launch, we're offering introductory rates for all of our courses and the monthly subscription plan. Just enroll prior to January 1st using the code 75ULC2023 to get 75% off at checkout. Visit the uniteleadership.org to learn more about our online learning platform and start your journey to lead effectively in any church settings today.